Welcome back to another episode of She's Busy AF. I'm your host, Lauren Loretto, and today we have an interesting topic. Interesting in my mind because uh, it did dawned on me this week that this will be my eighth year in business with my current LLC doing the thing, starting a business, and while most of you know, if you've listened to any previous episodes, I didn't really go full-time into my business until about 2018. So I started my business in 2015, it's now 2023, and I've just done a lot of reflecting lately because I've grown as a person. I mean, I started my business when I was 21, 22, 22, 21, yeah, 20, 22. I don't know. I'm going to be 30 this year. It's hard to do math these days. <laughs> so yeah, it's just been, it's been a journey and I want to dive into eight things I, I really learned and I actually just wrote down all these things and then I was like, wait, that's eight for eight years in business. This is great. And they're not really in any order of importance other than just some of these kind of segue into the next, but I am going to be pretty raw, vulnerable with you on this episode because I feel like not a lot of people talk about the hard stuff, although I do think it is becoming more normalized to talk about the hard stuff. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Some days, to this day still, I feel like a total imposter <laughs> and that's normal. I feel like you're always learning and growing. I, the things that have dawned on me this year and this last week alone have just been like like mind-blowing to me. So really excited to impart some wisdom onto you, whether you've been in business longer than me <laughs> and you're just curious or whether you haven't and you're just like, oh, what do I have left to learn? Good for you for listening to this because we are always learning and growing. As soon as you get into this mindset that you know everything, if, every, if you ever like find yourself there, like I know everything, I don't need to learn anymore, hop out of that real fast because we can always be learning and growing, always, always, always. So without further ado, let's go. All right. So let's just get into the first one. <laughs> and that is taking time to establish your brand early on will pay off tenfold. What do I mean by this? So when I started, when I first started my business, the name was LBMG Marketing. It was actually El Bordelon Media Group LLC because I didn't know what else to name it. And I was like, I'll just get a DBA later. And for those of you who are like, what's a DBA? It's doing business ads. You can file. It's called like a fictitious name, I think. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. And you essentially can do businesses like what you want to be. So I um, founded El Bordelon Media Group LLC. And as soon as I realized, like, I want to take my business full time, I was like, wait, that's not a great name. I don't even do media to begin with. I just needed a name. I needed to file something. So I was like, L Bordelon Media Group. Okay. LBMG. Okay. We do marketing. LBMG marketing. <laughs> if I could just tell you the amount of, like, LGBTQ marketing, LBG, XYZ, KPR marketing, like, so many people made fun of me for so long. And I never really went through the process of like formal branding. So also what blows my mind is that so many businesses, startups, dive into a full branding suite. And this is no shade to those of you who do, but like I didn't. I, I was bootstrapping everything. So I just designed a logo in like Illustrator really quickly. And so LBMG Marketing had like, I, I remember like creating the second rendition of the logo while I was still working a corporate job, like actually on my lunch break. And then I ended up outsourcing the creation of the logo and its final form 
prior to selling the business. And if you've listened to any of my past episodes, you know, when I sold my business, I, I got to retain the asset. I sold my book of business. I kept my LLC. So that was really interesting. <laughs> so that's why I still have. And if you like ever work with me, you might see a chart. When you see like a charge, it would be L Bordelon Media Group LLC. But now my doing business as is brand good time. So I rebranded, obviously, in a very different way to the world. You know, I shut down that first business and restarted a different one. And so in and talking about this in terms of like establishing your brand early on, because I went through so many renditions. Also, if you read the story on my website, you can like see on the about page, if you like click into the full story, you'll see like the different versions of the logo. I mean, it was just crazy over time. So when I decided to go into Brand Good Time and like make Brand Good Time and like really be solid on this, I invested. I invested $4,200 to be exact on a company that helped me come up with the name and come up with the branding. And landing on Brand Good Time was so fun. It was actually like a super collaborative process and I threw it back at them and I was like, wow, like all of this has led me to here. What do you think? And we just ran with it. We were almost, fun fact, Lime Twist Creative. (laughs) I was super into tequila at the time. I mean, I still am. But brand good time like came from this place of, you know, marketing should be fun. I want to have a good time. I want to show people that marketing can be fun. And fun fact, I founded brand good time or started this version of the business in 2020. So I sold my book of business to a current client and then started brand good time. There's more to that story. But if you've listened, you know, (laughs) Uh, if not, go back. But I have not touched my branding since 2020. I use the same colors. I'm sorry. That's a lie. <laughs> I've updated my font suite, but I just feel like I needed to do that over time. So that's, it is what it is. But I haven't changed my logos. I have a suite of logos, like secondary logos and primary logos. And I kind of like alternate between some of those frequently. And things just haven't, sorry, I'm like closing and opening my glasses because they're starting to hurt my face. It's that time of day. Things just haven't changed that much. And so what I will say is being firm and loving my brand from the start really helped me be decisive and be confident in my brand overall. And so that is one thing I've learned if I ever go to start another business again, which I'm sure I will, like I'm really going to invest either time or money or both into that process to make sure that it's right from the start and I love it. And I'm also going to do some of the things that we're going to get to as well. (laughs) I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. So that's number one. Take time to establish your brand early on. It pays off tenfold. And if you're not there yet, just do it. Invest in it in some way, shape, or form. And I promise you it's crazy, but it is a game changer for your business. Okay, the second one is don't get attached to visual and brand trends as time goes on. So this kind of goes hand in hand with like establishing your brand early on. Let me just say this. Just because serif fonts, like those old school fonts, and blurry photos are in right now, that does not mean you need to go through a rebranding process. It also doesn't mean you should base your your new brand or rebrand on that. I'm seeing way too many unoriginal branding trends. And let me just tell y'all, if you're one of them, I love you. I'm sorry, but you're blending in with everybody else. And it makes it very hard to distinguish your brand from the next, especially if you start to like morph your language that way as well or like talk the way they talk I swear if I see one more like I like to sit margaritas on the weekend or I, <laughs> matcha latte I mean that's great but find another way to differentiate yourself because you're really starting to blend in with everybody else anyways back to my main point of don't get attached to visual branding and trends as time goes on 
I, I fallen victim to this. I actually went back to my designer and I was like, can we do a slight rebrand? Like, here's my inspo. And she kicked back to me and she's like, Lauren, this inspo is like what everybody's doing right now. Like, I don't want you to fall victim to this. You have a great brand. And then I even went to my husband and was like, I think I want to do this. And he was like, why? Do you see McDonald's changing their logo? Do you see Nike changing their logo? No. And these brands have held like solid identities over time. Maybe they've modernized things a little bit, but like you will forever recognize the golden arches and those two colors together, red and yellow. You will forever know that that little Nike swoosh is Nike. So it's really important to love your branding from the jump and not get so attached to trends. You can play with trends in your marketing. Be careful about playing with trends in your branding. And that's what I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Okay, the third thing I've learned is that legalizing... (laughs) I'm probably not even going to edit this podcast. (laughs) My podcast editor is out sick this week, so it's not legalizing. It's legally protecting your business is a non-negotiable. Okay. Legally protecting your business is a non-negotiable. Chasing payments is going to happen. You're going to have people who aren't paying their invoice, who paid late, who forgot about it, whatever. You need to have contracts that hold them to this. Do contracts hold up in court? Sometimes. So at the end of the day, investing in that is really important. That's actually something we did from the beginning. I got a lawyer and I said, please do my contracts. I still use some of those contracts to this day. But man, legally protecting your business, you just never know what could happen. And then also on the flip side of that coin, which is something I'm in the process of doing right now, I know I need to like put my money where my mouth is, but owning your name, trademark your name. I've witnessed colleagues' names like that are pretty cool and maybe not super, super original, but cool. And they build a whole brand around it. And it turns out there's other brands out there. This actually happened to the company who bought like my previous book of business. They got sued by a company and had to change their entire name. We went through this whole rebrand in the middle of everything. It was like probably, probably the like reason for their demise ultimately. So just don't let that happen to you. Own your stuff. If you need a good lawyer, hit me up. I know a few people who do trademarking and that I trust and send clients to myself. So just do it or look like you know, just start the process yourself. If you do a basic search, I'm not a lawyer, this is not legal advice. But like if you do a basic search and don't see any like red flags, there's a couple YouTube videos you can watch on this to help you. But if you don't see red flags, just file the trademark, pay for it, and if you run into snags, go with a lawyer later on. I mean, I've seen so many people do that. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this on a podcast. <laughs> Again, not legal advice, but just look into it. And if you're questioning a lot of things, just talk to a lawyer. It's worth every penny. Some of them have payment plans. We love that. (laughs) Okay. The fourth thing I have learned is that there are are, or is hmm, (laughs) grammar today always more than one way to skin a cat. Okay. That's kind of gruesome. Like over the years, I realized that's a very gruesome phrase, but It rings true here. So listen, I've realized this more in life lately as I've made decisions for myself and my family that actually go against like everything I knew growing up, such as (laughs) this rabbit hole I've fallen down with wanting to homeschool my kids when they're of age and advocating really hard for Montessori school and Montessori lifestyle. Like I never thought I'd be crunchy in that sense, but I am. And it's just a matter of like, what I see around me and what I believe and also that like we are so conditioned to think certain things and I won't get into this unless you guys want me to but I won't on this podcast 
I think we're just so conditioned to think that this is the way to do things in so many scenarios. This trickles down into everything, personal, business, relationships. There's more than one way to do something, more than one way to get your desired result. And while at times this can be frustrating because when you go against the grain, when you go against what you know, it requires a lot of research, it requires time, it requires learning, and that can be frustrating, but at the same time, it can be really empowering because when you've done the research and you know what you believe in and it aligns with what you want in your life, like that is so empowering and you feel so confident in the decisions you make. And again, I'm speaking on every level here, personal and professional. So if you ever feel in your gut like something's not right or I could do this another way, explore that. Please explore that. That has led me down so many amazing and beautiful paths that I never thought I'd go down and just have felt so much happier in a lot of decisions in life as a result. So yeah, I encourage you to lean into that. Um, A marketing example here, if we want to tie this back into business, is that, you know, right now I see so many people starting to get into TikTok and some people doing it really well and others struggling. And I just think the people who are struggling, and by struggling I mean like they start to be consistent, but they're not. Or the content is just, just doesn't feel very thought out or purposeful or like there's a strategy behind it. That's where you can do things differently. If you don't want to show up on TikTok, if you're feeling resistance in anywhere in your business and how you do things, I mean, my in my mind, there's two solutions. There's one, there's outsource it. And B, there's just find another way and do something else. No problem. If you don't want to do TikTok, there's other ways to get in front of your ideal audience. It's not like TikTok is not the end all be all. We don't have to always jump on what everyone else is doing. That's what I have to say about that. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Okay, my fifth one. Hustling is actually necessary. (laughs) Okay, at one point I was very anti-hustle. I'm sure I threw out a couple podcast episodes on this. To be honest, episodes 1 through 20, I'd probably listen to and be like, who's that girl? What is she saying? Oh my God, tell her to shut up. (laughs) But really, like your beliefs change over time. I came out with this podcast two years ago and like this last year has just been, I mean, ever since having a kid, to be honest, has been so eye-opening to me. So I've changed my tune outwardly very quickly when I realized that I wanted to scale my business because there are going to be times in life that require hustle, like planning a wedding while you have a kid and you're trying to scale a business. Talk to me about that one. Or owning a business and having a kid or, I mean, honestly, like owning a business to begin with because clients are not just going to appear out of thin air. Projects, deals, things are not going to appear out of thin air. Work does not complete itself. So you really have to change your mindset around hustle and know that like you're going to have to have seasons of that to succeed. And as long as you, in my opinion, address hustle in seasons or you're active about taking breaks and prioritizing your mental health, hustle can actually be a really good thing. I get so much fulfillment from hustle. So yeah, that was a big one. Okay, so the sixth thing is that you really do need support. Okay, so I have yet to find one person who is successful and doesn't have a tribe of people around them that they can turn to at any given point to vent, to ask for help, cry, all of those things. 
I have found personally a lot of those people through social media, in-person networking, business friends, wife. She's actually, gosh, one of my best friends now and she owns an SEO agency. Amazing, like how you can find people. But each season of my life has really led me to different people. It has also weeded out people. So when I became a mother, and I'm not to say this is not at all to say moms are better than people who aren't moms, but there really is a mental shift that happens when you become responsible for a living human being who's going to grow and develop around you. And it's not the same as raising a dog. Oh my God. I feel bad to anyone I've ever said that to because it's really like, there is no comparison. I'm sorry. There really isn't. So when you have these changes in your life, like even if you get into a relationship and all your friends are single, like there is a big shift in what you talk about or how you hang out or what you do. And and you can't say that there's not. So in these seasons where life is different and you're dealing with different things, you need people who can support you, who are have been there, who understand what you're going through, or at a very minimum, can listen to you vent about things. (laughs) It's very important to have these people, and I would not be here today without some of those people in my life. So there's that. All right. The next one, number seven, is that a money professional is the best investment you can make early on. Arguably the best investment. More money, more problems, more expenses, more responsibility. (laughs) Managing my own books was something that took me two to three hours a week of the 25 hours that I actually, actually had to work. So bringing on a bookkeeper to manage my money helped me budget. It's really no coincidence. As soon as I did that, I had my best year of business yet. I knew how to make decisions based on the money I was making. I knew when not to spend money. But most of all, I made some of my immediate dreams a reality like hiring a team, making some crazy investments because I had such a clear picture. Love my calendar chiming in there. (laughs) I had such a clear picture. I really did. And I really attribute that to outsourcing the bookkeeping side of things. I just, I have 25 hours a week. That's what I have. Okay. Like, I mean, that's when I'm most productive. My hour is super speed to me. I feel like I work 60 hours a week by the end of the week with 25 hours. It's wild. My fingers move very fast. (laughs) So I, it was really important to me that the time I was spending there, like that's a huge, think about three hours out of 25. That's a massive chunk of my time. And so outsourcing that, but also having a professional who knows how to manipulate things, who knows how to categorize stuff when I don't and just is that person to manage it all did so much for us and still does so I highly recommend that and this is even before you look at a tax professional too I just think having that all clear because when you go to hand this over to a tax professional or even if you do it yourself things are where they should be bookkeeping takes care of so much because you spend so much money and have so many expenses over the course of the year so important Okay, my last one is that if you plan to scale your business, make your client experience and your employee experience elevated. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, I talked about scaling. And one of the things I talked about in there was client experience and employee experience. I really gave a lot of examples on how to do that there. So definitely go back and listen to that episode after this. If you have not, that would be episode 83. But to give just some reasons why this has been so important, When you have a good, let's start with employee experience. When you have a really good like contractor employee experience, you are going to reduce churn, which means like people who are leaving and having to retrain. It's also important to have processes within all of that and instilling processes within my business has allowed us to retain people and allowed us to have happy contractors and happy employees. 
if your client experience is really good, you in the same tune will re- will reduce your client churn. You'll have clients coming back to you for more. You'll have past clients coming on to do more with you. And, you know, like I was just saying, like you'll have current clients who want to do more as well. So you could really build and grow a business and step back from hustling just by looking in your existing and past client pool. But by having a good client experience, it makes it a no-brainer for them to say, yes, I'm ready to work with you again. So think about that. (laughs) We are kind of in a place right now where inbound leads for us are dry because we've spent hardly any time marketing. I mean, I spent most of Q4, when I do most of the marketing, I spent most of Q4 in the trenches with clients trying to wrap up the year, also onboarding two new team members. Like It was just so crazy for us. So right now, I'm just very thankful that we've had a good client experience and they talk about it and they refer business to us and they come back for more. And so we're not like worried about projections or anything because we have business coming in and it's not stuff I've had to really mind for. I mean, you probably know this. It's very important to know this, but it is always going to be cheaper in the long run, time and money to nurture past business upsell current business than it is going to be to go out there and gain new business. So really, really important to put a lot of thought into how you're going to provide a client experience that current and past clients really crave more of. So important. All right, y'all, that wraps up the eight things I learned. If you want to recap, I'll go through it real quick. But one is taking time to establish your brand early on. Two is don't get attached to your visual brand trends. Visual, Don't get attached to visual and brand trends as time goes on. Whew, can't read tonight. Three is legally protecting your business as a non-negotiable. Four is that there is always more than one way to skin a cat. Five, hustling is actually necessary. Six, you really do need support. Seven, a money professional is the best investment you can make early on. And number eight, if you plan to scale your business, make your client experience and employee experience heckin' elevated. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of She's Busy AF. Please, it would be so incredibly amazing of you to just tap five stars or four. I don't know, like what you think about my podcast, (laughs) but I'd really love if you could leave us a review. It helps other business owners like you find this type of content which is just, you know, there's enough to go around. Caring is sharing. So please, please, please leave a review for me. I would super appreciate it. And uh, even if you do that or don't want to do that, if you could just share this on social media, if you found something helpful, like tell me what you found helpful about this. I want to keep creating content like this that serves you. So let me know. Hit me up at brandgoodtime on Instagram or Lauren Loretto on LinkedIn. And that's it. I will see you guys on the next episode.